Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Blake's Book Club. Today we're talking about Chapter 3 of Midnight Sun, that being Risk. So uh, today's episode may be a little quick as uh, Mary is out. I'm with the children. You may hear them listening to some Frozen 2 soundtrack, (laughs) and they may come interrupt me, so I will keep this one relatively brief. Here's another chapter that's interesting, and that kind of further proves my um, hesitancy to accept the conversation with Tanya uh, as a legitimate reason for coming back to Forks and um, the potency of that conversation, why it feels, again, more like a wink and a nudge than anything. Now, I've heard your some of your comments concerning... Um, Tanya being a wink and a nudge um, that, you know, it's meant to represent um, Edward's choice um, between his partners that he isn't necessarily focused on Tanya as a partner. And he does have choices and he turns them down. I would say at this point, though, while true, it's a relatively unnecessary um, view into Edward because at at no point are we um, even privy to the idea that Edward's even looking for a partner. He doesn't even mention being partnered up with anybody until this chapter uh, when he starts recognizing that he's the only one that's, that doesn't have one in, in, in terms of his family, there are three perfectly matched pairs uh, in his family, of course, that being Esme and Carlisle, uh, Rosalie and Emmett, and Jasper and Alice. He's the only one left over, and that they would probably feel better if he left, which is a little self-sorrow, self-pity, but it, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so what I'm getting at is I'm not 100% sure if even with that, with those, you know, through the, through that lens, rather, uh, Tanya is really necessary for the for that chapter, and I'm I think I'm further proven right by the fact that the conversation that Edward has with Carlisle uh, before he leaves is far more poignant, far more accessible, and far and far more um, personal than anything that was accomplished with Tanya. Um, now again, this is the this is the author's story. It's something that uh, you know that she obviously wanted to do. I'm not going to take that away from her, but I just feel like having that conversation, you know, having that conversation between Tanya is between Edward and Tanya is one thing. But if that conversation were to happen between Edward and Carlisle, that's a whole other thing. You know, if Edward to go were to go away. Um, but Carlisle was the one that left him with words and Edward went away and thought about those words and gave them the, once he left Forks and got a clear mind, got back and said, no, I, I, Carlisle is my goal. Because uh, he makes such a, a point this chapter to say, I really envy Carlisle. I, I, I helped him when he was working on patients and, and I yearn to be like him, especially when it comes to Bella, when he, when Carlisle, Carlisle has such self-control that he was admiring the difference between he and Carlisle, uh, 
that to me is just so much more uh, potent than the wink and the nudge <laughs> of Tanya. Uh, but I, I do love Carlisle's, you know, fatherly guidance. And he's like, okay, you're going to do what you're going to do. And you can make that choice. If you need my car here, take it. It's a full tank of gas. Though it's funny because why does Edward need a car when he can just run as fast as he wants, really with no fatigue whatsoever. He can go anywhere at any speed. Why does he need a car and a full tank of gas? That's just me. It just, if he moves so quickly that humans can't see him, which is something that he does prove in this chapter, what the hell is the point of a car <laughs> for him? <laughs> um, nonetheless, uh, this chapter uh, further uh, gets into what uh, we see as um, Edward's infatuation 